We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. James Swanwick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Jari. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you because you you do something that's very near and dear to my heart. You're the founder of Alcohol-Free Lifestyle, a way that help high performers control and get over their alcohol habits. As most people know, I've been sober for almost five years, and it has been a profound impact on my life for the better. And part of the you know reason I had went through my whole challenges with it is, is many, which I'm sure is what a lot of the folks that you help have the same challenges because they seem to be bundled into other things or bundled in all sorts of different things. And as entrepreneurs, you know, we need to be a really high performing, need to be on point a lot of the time. So anything that people can do to get that edge, I think is really great. So uh, we'll, we're going to dive into all of that because I think that's super important. But before we do that, I would love to hear how you got to do what you're doing today. I was a socially acceptable drinker growing up in Australia, which is my native country, all the way through until my mid thirties. And when I say socially acceptable, I mean, I would have maybe two drinks a night on average, sometimes three, but, but almost every night of the week for 20 years. So it wasn't that I was getting drunk, waking up in a ditch, destroying relationships, getting DUIs, being arrested, getting mugshots, holding up gas stations. I wasn't that kind of drinker. I was just a socially acceptable drinker, but consistent. And I got into my mid thirties and I woke up one morning and I realized I was blah. And what I mean by blah is that I felt like a six out of 10 with my health, my sleep, my productivity, my career, my finances, my relationships. I was not rock bottom. I was just Mr. Mediocre. And I identified that it was alcohol that was a huge contributor to that. So I committed to taking a 30-day break from alcohol just to see if I could reset and feel better. And I did. I took 30 days off. I lost 13 pounds. I looked better. I slept better. 
I auditioned to become a sports center anchor on ESPN. I got the job and I credit the clarity that I had from being alcohol-free for helping me get that job. And I got to 30 days and I thought, damn, I feel pretty good. I might just keep going. And so I did. I kept going and going and going. And I got to one year alcohol-free and I ordered a Bud Light from a pub or a bar in Austin, Texas to celebrate. And I went to put it to my mouth. And at the very last moment, I paused, I put the beer down and I thought, wow, in one year, I've got the body nature intended me to have. My sleep is profoundly better. My relationships are better. I got this great job. Finances are better. I got less stress in my life, less anxiety. I think I might just hand this beer back. And that's what I did. I gave it back to the barman and I haven't drunk since. So I literally haven't had a drink since 2010. So 13 years now. And then, you know, about five years into it, people kept asking me, how did you quit drinking and stay quit? And I started sharing it with them. And then I turned it into a whole business and movement. And now I have an organization named Alcohol Free Lifestyle. And we have a podcast in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify called Alcohol Free Lifestyle. And we support mostly folks who identify as high achievers, entrepreneurs, executives to have a better relationship with alcohol. Wow. So it. It's almost like you did it cold turkey in some sense. You just, that one day you woke up, it just sort of felt, I don't know, it's just similar to the way kind of I felt as well. There was just one day where, wow, I just, it just wasn't doing me any good. I mean, I was doing it, I know the reasons I was doing it, but it just didn't seem to add any value. And I'm just wondering if that value kind of prop for it was sort of your motivation as well. Yeah, I mean, I'd... I had identified that alcohol was, you know, 80% of my mediocre results. You know, that was like the one bad habit that was creating a whole host of other bad habits. And I've been thinking about this for a couple of years, but never really had the courage or the motivation to do it. And on this particular morning, it was just the mediocrity was building on, on itself to the point where I just kind of like snapped and went, that's it. 30 days. And, you know, I gave myself 30 days. I thought, well, I can do 30 days. It wasn't like I'm going to quit forever. That, that prospect or concept was just too unbelievable for me in that moment. So 30 days was something bite-sized. I felt like it was achievable. And then just because it felt so, so good, I, I kept going and, and then and going and going and going. So yeah, I did do it cold turkey. I didn't wean myself off it. I just bang. I had on a Friday night, I had two Bombay Sapphire gin and tonics. I went to bed. I woke up the next day. I could taste the gin in my mouth. And for whatever reason on that morning, I just went, I'm done for 30 days. And it turned out to be 13 years so far. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, it was it's a similar experience for me, but I think it was just, it was more of an emotional thing because at the time, which was my girlfriend at the time, now my fiance. I was hiding the drinking from her because I was dealing with the death death of my my wife, my late wife, and it was just something that just never. I I was using it to to try to feel better, but yet I just kept feeling worse and worse, and just and again, I was functional like you, like I was social, like I could get my job done. I wasn't waking up in a ditch or anything like that. It just the the idea of this mediocrity was just such a powerful word, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I not only felt mediocre like generally, but then I felt 
how am I going to get out of this mediocrity and, and actually build the life that I need to, given all the trauma that I went through and the loss and all that? And he's using the alcohol to, to numb it and to, to numb, numb those feelings because they were just so overwhelming. And I'm curious, once you stopped, did you feel the fidelity of your feelings start to rise so that you could see like things in a different light? I mean, what was the, how did it like change your perspective? Because it's just such a, for me, it was such a powerful thing. And I'm always curious how it changes others' perspectives. Well, initially when I first started it, I did feel like I was depriving myself of something that I ordinarily would choose. So I did feel a little bit like I was in a prison and most prisoners want to break out of prison, right? And then there was a shift a couple of weeks into it where I was feeling good and I'd got over that initial two-week awkward stage, I guess, where I was embarrassed to share with people that I wasn't drinking. And I was secretly pretending that I was drinking at a bar when I was, you know, drinking, I was drinking soda water, but pretending I was drinking vodka and soda because I was embarrassed to not drink. And I was a little bored at times. And I felt like, you know, I was, I had, I was retreating from most social engagements. I still went out a little bit, but, you know, decided to stay in in that, those first two or three weeks, let's say. And then there was a shift. And then there was a shift where it was like, oh man, I'm actually feeling pretty good. I'm feeling clear. I was waking up in the morning and going, I feel good. And then it started to switch from feeling like I was depriving myself of something to realizing I was getting something from being alcohol-free. And the getting was calm, focus, clarity, energy, I wouldn't say joy. I wouldn't say joy in the sense I was skipping down the street and singing and going, "Mom, oh my goodness, my life is so great." But I wasn't walking down the street, staring at my feet, thinking life is pretty crappy. You know, I just felt pretty good, and that realization was was something that I wanted to continue. You know, that feeling I should say is what I wanted to continue. So when I got to the day thirty, it was actually a pretty easy decision to go to day forty. And when I got to day 40, it was a pretty easy decision to go to day 50 and then commit to three months to 90. And then it just, just one of those things, it just kept going because I kept getting this, this feedback, I guess, that I was calmer and nicer and more agreeable. And the people that I seemed to attract into my world were nicer and agreeable. And they, those people either didn't drink at all or didn't drink much and definitely did not need to drink in order for there to be a social connection. And so it wasn't even that I went seeking them, it's just I naturally attracted them. And so I think that was the shift. It was a shift from, oh, I'm depriving myself and I got to white knuckle it and I wish I could drink, but I can't. And I switched to, I get to be alcohol free. This is pretty damn awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and also the quality of the relationships, you mentioned a little bit about how you're attracting people that are a little more, connected, like can connect to you. And everyone knows, you know, read study after study that human connection is one of those powerful things that allows us to take on the challenging things. I mean, entrepreneurship is no easy thing, right? I mean, you have to, there's a lot of, you got to build up a lot of resilience. You got it. You get a lot of challenges and struggles. And what I found is that dealing with the challenges and struggles is a lot easier when you have clarity and you're not feeling so bad about yourself because you're hungover or you're using it as a crutch. 
And I'm curious if that's sort of the same thing. You know, you've got a successful business, you're running, you know, you're doing all these great things. Of course, when things hit, get difficult, I'm curious if you if there's a contrast between before you before drinking and after drinking on how you deal with the challenges and struggles of life. Well, when I was drinking, I would deal with the struggles of life by having some drinks. And it wasn't like I was going out and getting drunk, like I said. It was just I was, you know, knocking back a few, getting a little bit of a buzz, but not enough to be over a driving limit, let's say. You know, so not like stumbling around, but drinking enough where I was a bit loose, you know, a bit loose with my words and more inclined to eat crappy food because my willpower had kind of gone out the window at about, you know, two or three drinks. So, and then when I stopped drinking, a couple things happened. First of all, I felt I didn't actually feel stressed or anxious or a need to numb as much because this na naturally when you're not drinking, you're less irritable, right? So, so, you know, you ask the question, how did you deal with, you know, challenges that life challenges that came up when you were not drinking? The reality is, is that life challenges became infrequent. Like there were very, there weren't nearly as many challenges as there were when I was drinking and or the challenges that did come up, I was able to handle them in a lot calmer, more powerful, measured way. But in terms of some of those tools, when I did get triggered from life, when I wasn't drinking, I did a lot of personal development work. So I took courses that, you know, had me thinking that there's no good or bad. There's only what is. And so whenever anything happened that I recognized ordinarily might naturally go, oh, that's bad. I would challenge that and go, well, is this bad or is this just what's happening? Same thing with what's good. Well, is this good or is this just what's happening? So it is what it is. So that was very helpful. In addition to just consistent daily exercise, morning sunlight, focusing on getting good sleep, regular, consistent sleep, eating well, you know, those things. Look, I tried breath work and meditation. I, I could never really have meditation stick for me. I can't really have breath work stick for me as a consistent habit. I do it on occasion. But what I do do consistently is work out in a gym move my body almost every day and get morning sunlight within the first 10 minutes of waking up almost every day and really pay attention to my sleep almost every day. I mean, you just do those things. You don't have that many challenges, honestly. I mean, you do those three things I mentioned and you don't drink alcohol. Yeah. You're in the top 1% high performers in the world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's, it's just so shocking how important those simple things are and yet people want to, you know, throw down a pill or, you know, meditation to your point about meditation. I've done a little bit of it. it it's okay. I, I'm, I'm not consistent with it, but the exercise, the moving the body, very powerful. Like I always just, first thing I wake up in the morning, drink a glass of water, just get the hydration and all that sort of stuff, just setting the stage for the day, which again, when I was drinking, that never was a priority. And because I think the priority was either getting the next drink or really feeling bad about how I felt. And I love the point you said that, hey, I'm not just irritable anymore. Like the world's a better, better place just generally because I'm not going to make, I'm not irritable and I'm not going to make these little things make me sad or irritable or make it difficult for me because like I'm just feeling better. And, and I think that's a powerful thing for 
entrepreneurs to realize, especially if they're you know in the mix of building something, they're they're going really hard. They tend to fall out of the discipline. They fall out of the routine of these things that are simple to do. They're very powerful for you. Sleep is probably the best thing you can do. Getting a good night's sleep that's with proper sleep hygiene. I mean, you know, my dad right now he's got Alzheimer's and dementia, partly because he didn't sleep very well his whole life. That's not that. I don't want that for me. <laughs> Why? Like I see what happens to him, right? So these things build on each other, and. It's, it's just fascinating that you, you decided, again, which is just kudos to you for then building a program and building a business that can help other people just tap into that. It's almost a superpower. I, I don't know if you feel that way where, wow, like these things that are simple yet hard to do, gosh, they just make me, to your point, you're in the 1% of performers. And if you can do that, like you could do anything. It, it just seems that way. I, I don't know. I mean, you know. Some of the folks that you help in your alcohol-free lifestyle business, you know, high performers, CEOs, entrepreneurs, et cetera, what are some of the things they tell you after completing the program? I mean, I'm assuming it's sort of similar to your yours and I's experience, but I'm always fascinated when people get it. You know, like the switch goes off, like you said, two or three weeks after you started, you know, the alcohol-free, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like I've woken up. Do they just like wake up and be like, Oh, thank you so much, James. You changed my life. Yeah, that's exactly what what happened. I mean, two minutes before we got on to this call, I was just phoning a graduating client who hit 90 days alcohol free today. His first name is Stephen. I won't reveal his last name, but and he said, Thank you so much for helping me save my life. Well, I was like, Oh, you're welcome. That's okay. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> Right. Pretty good. Yeah. I don't hear that very often, right? Or maybe you do. I would think people are like, yeah, you saved, I mean, because it saved my life. I mean, I can't gush more about how transformational that was for me. Mm. I mean, I hear that a lot. A lot of people say that. I heard it two times yesterday from a woman in Australia and from a gentleman in Portland, Oregon. And then, you know, there are other people who maybe we didn't save their life, but we helped them transform areas of their life. So for example, it's very rare that people don't lose weight when they go 90 days alcohol free. There's most people who drink too much are carrying too much as well. So when they stop for 90 days, it's amazing how quickly the weight just falls off them. On average, I would say it's probably 15 pounds if you average it out. But you know, we've got we've had women who've lost 25 pounds, gentlemen who've lost 20 pounds, 22 pounds, 17 pounds, I'd say, you know, 10 pounds, 12 pounds, eight pounds. I mean, the most I think someone's lost in 90 days is 25 pounds, 26 pounds, something like that. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot just from not drinking those dead calories. So people physically change. I mean, they, they visibly change before your eyes. On day one, they join us. They get on a, a coaching call. We have this 90 day stop drinking process. It's called Project 90. And on day one, they're very nervous. They're kind of got a neutral face. They're not really smiling. They're kind of unsure. They're puffy. They look puffy. And then on day 90, they're smiling. They're animated. They've lost weight. I mean, there was a gentleman named John Keltner. He, he won't mind me mentioning him. He's in Northern California. And he had to get smaller glasses because the frames didn't were, were too big for his face after he'd stopped drinking. That's how much weight he lost in his face. 
And, uh, you know, you see that transformation and you go, wow, this is something. And then, you know, we had a 67-year-old gentleman from the UK. His first name is Christian. And, you know, his wife died. His wife had cancer and he took care of her for the last three years of her life. And one of her dying wishes was when she passed that he fulfill one of his bucket list items, which is to sail across an ocean. And she died. He signed up with us at Alcohol Free Lifestyle and did our 90-day quit drinking process. And in those 90 days, he organized to sail in a sailing competition with about 17 other crew from the west coast of Africa all the way across to the Caribbean to St. Lucia. And that's what he did. He did it over, I think it was 22 days, 22 nights at sea. And he, and he did it as a tribute to his, his late wife. And that, that all was created as a result of being alcohol free within our 90 day process. And so, you know, you ask, what are some of the benefits or what do people say? It, it can range from you helped save my life to you saved my life to uh, I lost 20 pounds to I sailed across the ocean and crossed off an item from my bucket list to you saved my marriage, to I'm now more present with my children, to I asked for a divorce, quite frankly. You know, like there are people who get that clarity and they go, enough, and they, they organize to get divorced during their 90 days. Wow. Because they've been wow. in a relationship that hasn't been fulfilling for many years. Right. And, you know, this sounds very dramatic, these kind of big breakthroughs. And I guess that, I guess they are the least like the smallest result that we generate for people, I would say is people's happiness just increases, you know, that's pretty damn good. Imagine if you could, could just do a program where your happiness increases, that'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? But, you know, and then all those other things that I mentioned are all, you know, they're more kind of noteworthy that where you talk on interview, you know, you share them on interviews like these and they stick in people's minds and people go, wow. But the stuff that's not as dramatic would be people just feel better. People feel less irritable, less stressed, less anxious, and they're just, they're just happier. Well, I mean, just being happy is good. I mean, clearly being happy and trying to contribute to the world is just a powerful thing. And so I'm just, again, it's just, it's just so fascinating because, you know, there's Alcoholics Anonymous, which I know that people go to. There's all sorts of other programs where it, it's more, I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say it's punitive. I don't, maybe not the word. But it seems like what you guys are trying to do is this whole accountability, mentorship, similar to AA is mentorship, you know, you have a sponsor, but the, just the powerful connection on you can do this, Will will show you how, we will help you do this. And in, yes, it's as simple, quote unquote, it's just one little thing, but it seems like it may just ripple to other parts of people's lives. So if you've got the confidence that you could actually do this, just imagine what else you wanted to do and you couldn't do. And I'm just curious if this just opens up the possibility. You mentioned someone wants to get a divorce. They had clarity on that. Someone may want to, you know, start a business or do other things. Is there, it seems like it's a ripple effect. Like this one habit change just ripples through to everyone's life. And then it just, it's like you take control of something. And I wonder if, if, if you see that and feel that as well as, you know, with your own business, I mean, how, how has that helped you expand out, you know, be, be more like, oh, the opportunities are there. I just didn't see them. Well, I can put a 
I can put a dollar amount to it, actually. I've done the math on this, and I've figured out that since I started becoming an entrepreneur, which was about five years into being alcohol-free, so I started it in about 2015, I've generated about just north of $20 million in sales across two businesses, right? So how much of that is a result of being alcohol-free? I'd say almost almost all of it. There's no way I would have become an entrepreneur if I was drinking. Right. And even if I had become an entrepreneur, if I was drinking, I either, you know, maybe I would have achieved that same level of success, but it would have taken me two or three times longer, or it would have been two or three times harder, or maybe I would have thrown in the towel two or three times earlier. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but I can tell you that I can tell you unequivoc unequivocally, being alcohol-free has, has absolutely impacted my income-generating capabilities, improved my health, reduced any health ailments or challenges that I had. It's vastly improved the quality of my relationships with friends and family, also with just acquaintances. If I may just anecdotally share a story, just two days ago, I'm in London, England, as we're recording this. And just two days ago, I took my clothes to a laundry because I'm staying in a hotel here. I'm here for about 10 days on, on business. And I dropped off the laundry and I'd already had a lot of dirty clothes because I'd been traveling for a week as well. And the woman said, yeah, come back this afternoon at five o'clock. So I did. And I went there and she said, I'm so sorry, but someone's taken all of your clothes. I don't know whether they've stolen them or whether they've mistakenly taken them, but I don't have them here. And she looked petrified about, about what my reaction was going to be. And my initial thought was, oh, that's a bit annoying, but I was just neutral in my face. I went, oh, okay. She said, I'm so, so sorry. And I said, oh, it's okay. It's okay. They're only clothes. We'll sort it out. And then she burst into tears. And I was thinking, oh God, what did I say? She goes, thank you so, so much. You're such a kind, good man. I was worried all day that you were going to come in here and get really angry and yell and demand that someone pay for it or you were going to call my boss. And I'm so devastated that I let this happen. And I've been doing this for 22 years. And yeah, I may have lost a shirt here or there, but never a whole, you know, someone's entire wardrobe. And I'm just so, so I was been so panicked and worried all day at your response and your reaction. I've been trying all day. And she was literally crying, this poor woman, like bursting into tears. And I said, and I was just smiling, going, it's okay, it's okay, it's all right. And so I, I share that story not to, you know, paint a picture that I'm some kind of saint or worthy of praise, but it's just that when you don't drink and you've done a basic level of personal development, things like that don't tend to irritate you that much. I mean, I was... I was a little irritated right? because I, it was an in, it was definitely an inconvenience. Right? It was definitely an inconvenience. I had to wear today's clothes the next day before I had time to go and buy some new clothes, right? But in that moment, because I had that clarity and the focus and I was calm and I wasn't irritable from toxins from alcohol, I was able to be empathetic towards the person who, who clearly had made a mistake. And that really touched, moved and inspired her. Now, the story ends pretty well because 24 hours later, we exchanged details there then in case the person who we thought may have taken them accidentally would return them. At that stage, we didn't know whether they'd been stolen or 
just mistakenly taken. And thankfully, 24 hours later, she messaged me and said that the man who mistakenly took them returned them. And then she returned them to me at my hotel. And now I have my, my, my clothes back. And she was still thanking me and she returned my clothes all like dry cleaned and ironed and everything, which wasn't what I asked, paid for it. I just asked for a basic clean. So, you know, that's how life I think changes when you're consistently alcohol-free. Those little things start to be very noticeable. Yeah. And it just builds on itself. I'm sure she's probably going to share that story or the kindness that you gave her and the compassion to others. And I think that's what's missing a lot in the world is this compassion for others and people make mistakes and, you know, hey, this is life. Like, is it really that big a deal? I mean, you're right. It's just clothes. You can always buy more. So yes, it's an inconvenience, but, you know, the world's not going to end because you're close for kind. You can always go buy more, right? And, um, it, and that sometimes can be a very hard lesson to learn as an entrepreneur. A lot of entrepreneurs, especially young ones, just get so wrapped up in the, we need to move, we need to do things, we need to perform. And when a bump in the road happens, which happened, like great example of what you just said, but just apply that to like developing a product or something doesn't get shipped on time, a little bit higher, you know, like consequences, but still like no one's shooting at us, no one died. That attitude is very powerful. And I think is what helps the successful entrepreneurs be successful. I think you just got to roll with it. And rolling with it means being compassionate and having all your faculties and like putting yourself at a deficit. I think that's what I learned. I'd love your thoughts on this. That This whole idea of the deficit, like I have to crawl back out of the hole I'm in to actually to get to it. So it's the efforts way more, like the constant efforts draining. So I'm going to be in a bad mood and it's just going to spiral out of control. And the clarity of being at a baseline that's higher than I would have normally be just, again, seems like just makes the world better. Feels that way anyway. Yeah. Your experience of life feels so much better, more positive. And the thing is, is that it's not just better for you. It's better for all the people that you come in contact with, right? So, you know, I went to the coffee shop. Three days ago, there was a coffee shop here. I'm staying in a place called Marlebone, which is right next to Mayfair, which is kind of runs adjacent to Oxford Street, which is a pretty famous shopping street in London. If any listeners ever been there. Anyway, I went for a run in Hyde Park uh, the other morning and I came back and I went into the coffee shop and it was a bank holiday Monday. Bank holidays, you know, they got a public holiday. And I went in there and I just smiled and I went, oh, hey, how you doing? I said, oh, you're working on a holiday, huh? And the guy said, yeah. I said, oh, geez, what time did you have to be at work? And he said, oh, 6.30. And I said, what time did you have to wake up? And he said, five. I said, why did you have to get up at five? He goes, well, I had to get the bus. It was, it's an hour bus to get here. I'm like, oh. So he got up at five to get a 5.30 a.m. bus to arrive at work at 6.30 to open at seven on a bank holiday Monday. It's like, yeah. And I go, oh, man, I hope they're, hope they're paying you extra for that. And he laughed. Anyway, he took my order and he made my drink. And then he went to give it to me and I went to pull out my credit card to pay for it. He goes, you know what? This one's on me. Have a good day. I'm like, ah, oh, thank you very much. He gave him my coffee and I walked out with a free coffee. Now, who cares? I saved four pounds or three pounds 50 or whatever, about five bucks is it in US dollars. But, you know, just engaging the barista in a friendly conversation and asking him about his life and expressing empathy with him, you know, having to work on a public holiday and try and get up at 5.30 and ride an hour long bus to get to work must have 
made an impression on him, you know? So again, it's not just me who benefits from being alcohol free, from being calm and open and loving and powerful. It's the people that I'm coming in contact with who get to benefit because that guy probably felt a million dollars for actually giving me a free coffee. I mean, he's probably feeling great. Oh, I feel so good that I gave that guy a free coffee. And he gave me a free coffee because probably I expressed an interest in him and his story and made a connection. And again, same, same thing. I don't want this to be the whole, aren't I such a great guy kind of show. That's not the intention. The intention really is just to illustrate that when you're not drinking, when you're alcohol free and you're free of all those toxins and poisons, when you're free of the irritability and the frustration and the fogginess and the lethargy, you're free to be powerful, open and loving. And that affects all of the people that you come in contact with on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, the little thing, the, 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 I like what you said about like, I saw his situation. I was interested in what what he had, what his life was like. I, I, again, like a lot of entrepreneurs get wrapped up in what they're doing. They don't see the humanity in the people that work for them. They don't see the humanity and just the simple things that build up to powerful, powerful connection. And I think that's what's lacking. It just seems to me that one of the major challenges we have is people aren't being compassionate and empathetic to those that are around them. I mean, I always say this, you know, like, I'm in San Francisco, right? I'm in the bubble of progressive craziness, right? Everyone, you know, every time I get on the phone with somebody, San Francisco, isn't it just like a, a complete shit show? It's like Armageddon, right? I'm like, no, it's not that way at all. There's problems, but it's pretty, pretty decent. You know, there's, there's, we have our challenges, but it's just funny because one of the things that's really, really fun when you get to talk to all these different people is everyone comes with these different ideas. But when we come together and share humanity and share compassion for each other, and see each other, the conversations are, are one, they're wonderful. And so now I, I learn a little bit more about something I may not have known about, right? You know, and, and that I think is the humanity in it all. And when you have the clarity that you're not in your own private pity party, you're not depressed or anxious or having, you're in this, as I say, deficit that you got to get out of in order to interact. You mean, you don't have the energy to do that. Therefore, you're just going to fall to the training and the rut that you're in as opposed to rising to the occasion. And I think a lot more entrepreneurs need to do that. And I think this idea, again, being alcohol, have this alcohol-free lifestyle, really focus on the health and wellness. And again, the simple, quote unquote, simple way of just doing that and showing the intention that you're just going to show up and control this part of your life that may be out of control. The ripple effect is gigantic. You know, I th there's been like maybe one or two times in my life post being sober that I wanted to drink. And I think I, I did sort of probably similar to what you did. I never ordered it, but I'm like, God, it'd be great to have a drink right now. And then I just realized, ah, do I really want to give up the gift? Mm. The, the gift of clarity, the gift of what I've, I mean, I'm proud of what I've done. I've accomplished something, right? Seems silly, but you know, I, I drank a lot more than you did. So just, there were a lot, a lot of days that, yeah, you know, woke up going, okay, this is really bad, but other than that time where you were going to celebrate, ha has the thought passed your mind? I mean, is it is it the constant struggle or is it just like, hey, this is just, this is so much better? It's not a struggle at all. It's just too, it's too much better. I can probably count on my hand five times over 13 years where I would think, oh, I'd smash an ice cold beer right now. 
but there were, I was never close to, to drinking, but it was just, I had a feeling, a temporary feeling. It was like, oh yeah, I'd love it. Love a cold beer. I remember being in Sydney, Australia. I was at the North Bondi beach RSL, which is a famous pub right on the Northern beach of Bondi beach. And the sun was setting. It was December. It was hot and beautiful and gorgeous. And I was with a couple of friends who I hadn't seen in a while. And I went up to the bar to get myself a soda water and to get them a couple of beers. And in this particular pub, they, they cool the pint glasses. They, they refrigerate the pint glasses. So when they pour a beer, they're pouring cold beer into a cold glass, which makes the beer nice and cold and crispy. And remember they were doing this and I was carrying the drinks back to my friends, the two beers and my soda water ice and a piece of lime. And I handed it to them and I was thinking, oh, those beers smelled and looked pretty good. And the sun's setting. I'm here in summer in Australia. She's like, I'd smash an ice cold beer right now. And I thought that for about 10, 20 seconds and then it was gone. And then I went back to just drinking my soda water and everything was fine. And I didn't think about it again, you know, so little things like that sometimes, but, but no, I don't. I don't get triggered anymore. I don't, if I'm tired, I don't feel like a drink. If I'm celebrating, I don't feel like a drink. If I'm trying to create romance or I'm in a romantic situation, I don't think about a drink. It's just, I just don't even think about it anymore. And that's what living an alcohol-free lifestyle really is, you know? And it's, that's why I've named my organization Alcohol-Free Lifestyle, because it's a lifestyle. It's health, it's wealth, it's love, it's happiness, it's conscious communication, it's personal development, it's nutrition exercise, daylight, great sleep, gratitude. So that's the lifestyle. And when you live that lifestyle, you very rarely, if ever, feel a need to fill a void with attractively packaged poison that we call alcohol. Yeah, it's the void. I think that's a great way to put it, the void. When you, when you don't have those things you mentioned before and the void is there and you don't know how to fill that void, you fill it with the cheapest thing you can. I mean, I still have problems with sugar. I don't know if you crave sugar. I know I crave sugar. <laughs> it's pretty one of those things that I'm, I'm actually trying to reduce because I think it's from drinking so much where obviously alcohol turns to sugar and sugar you did addicted and you crave, crave that as well. And it's just, it's just amazing how much, like if you don't have things in your life that you're trying to replace with the easy, quick, the easy button, the quick fix, that is like, oh, okay, well, how do I sort through that? And you're right. I think those things that matter the most in life, if you don't have them or you're disconnected, you try to do the easy button. And usually the easy button is some toxic poison that gives you the quick fix. But after that, after, I mean, over time, gets you deeper, deeper, deeper into the hole. So it's, it was wonderful to talk to you, James. This, this has just been such a fascinating conversation. I hope everyone listening, if you are having problems with alcohol, if you are challenged by that, like so many of us, that you take out alcohol-free lifestyle, give it a try. It's really important that you take control of your life in a way that you control as opposed to other things. And I do think you get clarity with that. That's I, It's the gift. It's, it's, a, it's a true gift. And again, thank you so much for what you do and, and being on the show. You're welcome. And thank you very much for having me. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list 
by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com